up, everybody? It's your girl, Maya K with Keys to the Game, Season 2. And I know you guys are probably like, well, where's Gio? What's going on? Uh, unfortunately, it just didn't pan out the way that we wanted. But I wish Gio nothing more than success. I'm praying for her always. At the end of the day, you know, that's the that's a part to me of business and uh, entertainment. You link up with someone, you see how it vibes and how it works, and then you just kind of move on from there. It's not a failure. Um, I basically just decided to remix the podcast and do my thing. So um, my first guest, I'm so excited to have one because I've literally known him forever. And uh, what I love about him most is the persistence, the perseverance, uh, just always making a way out of no way, um, always to me, kind of being 10 steps ahead of the game um, and ahead of his time. So I'm just going to read a little brief bio that I wrote. Hopefully I ain't screw nothing up, but if I did, it's okay. Uh, Ryan Olin was born and raised in North Philadelphia and has truly made a name for himself that's bound to find its way to the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Though he's a true 80s baby, he was always ahead of his time, dropping wisdom and knowledge to friends and creating a way out of no way when times were rough. He first hopped onto the entertainment scene when he did Peanut Live 215, then branched off to do his own thing with two of Philly's own, KP and Tasha Mack, to produce and star in the hit web series, Personals. Since then, Ryan has linked with up-and-coming director Phenom, Leigh Tahir, to produce and star in several short films, including Committed, Personals, the mini-movie, and The Lick. Many of his videos on YouTube have received more than 50K views and some upwards of 100K. He had a cameo in Creed and has auditioned for Spike Lee. Today, Ryan is looking to continue to build his legacy by not only starring in feature films, but showing the world who he is through his genuine brand and partnering with other like-minded individuals like myself to create dope content that the masses can relate to. Here he is, my brother, Ryan Olin. What it do? <laughs> what it is, Maya, how you feel today? I'm good. Was that good? Did I introduce you, right? Yeah, that was cool. I'm okay listening like, okay. I'm listening to you, man. You know how I am. You know, you say whatever you want to say with me. It's all up. Right, right. Okay, cool. So I'm excited to have you on as my first guest. Um, I think that one of the things you've done and you've shown me and kind of inspired me to keep doing is to not wait for someone else to give you a yes. And I can admit that I did it with my books. It was so easy for me to hit publish. I was like, I don't care. New York kept saying no. Agents kept saying no. And I found myself able to do it. But with film and TV, I can be honest and say there's a little bit more of a hesitation. So my first question is about your fearlessness when it comes to um, doing your own thing, being different, and literally not caring. I was about to say not giving a bleep, but I asked you not to curse. So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, like your whole kind of not caring what anybody has to say, I, like, how do you build that up? I know it has a little bit to do with kind of where we're from and how we're raised, but I really want you to drop that first key for all the listeners. Like, how do you just say, I don't care what people think I'm doing my own thing. And this is what it is. Uh, how you said it. It's like, where we from, how we was raised the people that I came up around. 
But me not giving a uck, you know, I'm gonna watch my mouth. Me not caring, it's just it just comes from me because I care so much. Uh, I care so much growing up what people think, and I gotta watch what I gotta say, and it just didn't rub me the right way. I want to say what I want to say. I want to do what I want to do. Um, as far as in being fearless, I do have fear. I'm not gonna lie, I'm still human, you know. But the biggest the biggest thing is finding other people who's fearless is just as much as you, you know, because we can have we can have a million ideas and then we don't have enough people to help share these ideas. Everybody got ideas, but everybody don't have enough heart and enough guts to actually try to take a risk. So a lot of people out here just want to do things to fit in or they want to do things the cliche way just so they can be accepted instead of just standing your own ground. It won't be easy, but it's not impossible. <clears throat> so you got to right. stop caring and just do what you want to do. Right. Create your own and I, like, I like what you said. You said, placing like other fearless people around you and I think that that's probably one of the most important things we heard it growing up birds of a feather flock together you know be careful who you hang with you know if if you hang with you know to me the smartest people around you you shouldn't be the smartest person in your circle so like we hear all of these cliches and all of these things um but I want you to talk a little bit about that too um and of course, we'll we'll talk about the future and all your your projects and your aspirations. But because this is for our people, our generation, I really want you to talk about what that's like, like how to break out of that mold. Uh, growing up in the hood, um, and even now, like I I was telling you the other day, I'm watching the shy, and I see so many of our black boys trying to kind of break out of that mold and to escape some of the things that um they're around. They're trying to break out of their environment. So talk a little bit about that, um, how as a young black man, you were able to kind of um, move through the streets and not get too caught up. Um, yeah. And just be where you are today, because somebody like needs to hear you say no. Like, yeah, maybe I was kind of getting caught up, but I had to think about my future and think about what I really wanted out of life. Well, I'm still kind of like caught up in my environment. You know, I'm still. I still live in uh, the same area that I grew up in and everything. And I plan on, you know, staying in Philadelphia, rich or poor. You know, I just love the city of Philly. I love my environment. I will never turn my back on my culture. But I am one of the people, uh, one of the people in my crew, my family that wants to venture off and do acting. Everybody else is just strictly, you know, out here trapping or they rapping, you know, stuff like that. I'm the only one that wants to do acting. So it was kind of, weird to them at first it's like wait you want to stop this and do acting like you serious and i'm like yeah i'm serious i want to break my own cycle and i'm fortunate enough to have people uh older than me and around me that's kind of like all right you keep doing your thing don't worry about nothing we got going on over here you know if you ever in the time of need we know how to provide you with help but other than that do your thing like right now i got a regular job i thought i never was gonna have a regular job you feel me my this first job was uh <laughs> my first job was in 1999 and my i got my second job in 2016 so yeah you know i'm sorry 2017 so you know i'm just out here surviving doing what i gotta do but it don't matter where you're from where you live at you know just stay creative and do whatever you want to do you know just never turn your back on your uh on your people and on your culture don't get stuck yeah i mean don't get stuck but don't be afraid to stay for you know valuable reasons you know Right. Absolutely. And I think for me, having moved so many times and now living in Los Angeles, one of the things that I've always been um, big on is going, you like, giving back. I move a lot. And you move a lot <laughs> it's like crazy. you on the run. You on the run. 
<laughs> you move a lot. I, I, you know what? It feels like it sometimes, but I, I see what, like, in, in hindsight, like now when I look back on all my situations, I see what God has been doing. So it's like, oh, okay, I needed to move to Atlanta to connect with these people, and then these people connected me to these people. Like, it makes sense. Um, and sometimes you do have to leave your environment just to build and then kind of just go back and, and do whatever uh, you need to do. But I want to talk about, um, you know, your your thousand name changes like Diddy. Um, but I really want you to tell <laughs> this man has been our star. Well, I think you've already had one. It was just our star. So, um, and even though you want people to know you as Ryan Olin, I do still want people to be able to go back and see. And on your YouTube, it's still under our star. So, well, New Jack, it's New Jack Philly TV, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I so, had to upload a video in like, I, I want to say oh, a year or two, maybe two years. So, yeah. yeah. I yeah, we saw that, but it's okay. I still feel like people, the content that's there is great, and I want people to still be able to see it. So, you know, we'll share all your handles at the end. But I want you to tell us who Ryan Olin is and why it was so important for you to, you know, create this name that people would recognize. Um, but it's not just, it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of like what Nas said, you know, Nasir, same thing. You get off stage, on stage, it's just me, you know. And so tell me how important it was for you to, come up with it's not really come up with because it is your name but why it was so important for you to change it to your real name and keep it like 100 all right well when i was doing all star you know i had that nickname when i was uh producing you know making beats and stuff like that i was an engineer then i also got into songwriting and even uh rapping at a little bit you know at a small point and then after that you know i started doing like the comedy skits so i just kept the nickname because you know back then uh 2012 2011 Nicknames was the thing, you know, I had All-Stars, so that's what people just know me as. So, you know, when I was making music and then uh, jumped over to the comedy skits and everything, I just kept the name All-Star because I had a ring to it. And I wasn't taking acting serious. So everything I got on my New Jack TV was uh, a bunch of skits. Hold on, I'm sorry, it's a car ride past me. They got all trap music real loud. Just hold on for a second. That's okay. I did, though. He just slid past. <laughs> but anyway... So yeah, I was doing a bunch of comedy skits and everything. Acting wasn't something serious for me. It was just a bunch of freestyling comedy skits, anything to get the views and to get the attention because I wanted to, you know, get that buzz, whatever, to showcase my music. But then I fell out of love with the music and fell in love with the acting. I didn't, I didn't start taking acting serious till I want to say late 14, maybe early 2015. You know, when I did the uh, short film Committed and I did the short film Young. And that's when I was like, oh, okay, I, I got something here because I stepped away from the comedy. I started doing like dramatic stuff, stuff that I thought was real, stuff that I've seen every day in my zip code, you know, that I know everybody right. in any zip code in the United States of America can relate to, yeah. you know? Yeah, so I didn't start taking acting series till uh, later on in the years. Right. One of the things that I, I remember us having this talk. So for all my listeners, when I say like Ryan's like legit my brother, like we literally grew up together. So um but one we so we have a lot of talks of course offline and off the air. But one of the mm -hmm. things that I remember you saying and it was so interesting is because most of what you had done at the time was a lot of comedy. And I remember uh, you were at the time I think you were filming a short film and you said that drama was your favorite and like I know Tupac is one of your your inspirations especially when it comes to film so um, talk a little bit about like your dream role when it comes to drama I personally think you are hilarious um, but I, no, no, I, I do I, I think I think 
Yeah, you're you're very funny. Um, I probably I probably got in trouble a few times in in school laughing at Ryan, but um, <laughs> like talk to me a little bit about that, like drama over comedy, and if it's one or, or the other, and like your inspiration being Tupac and what your dream role would be, like kind of tie all that together and why, you know, Tupac was such a big inspiration for you, especially because I feel like we lost 20 years of good Pac films with, you know, his untimely death. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, Pac is an inspiration to me just because, you know, I like Pac as an actor more than I did as a musician. I just like Pac as an overall person. And when you see him on the screen, he's just very believable. He didn't do many movies. What he did about maybe four or five movies. But everything you see him do, uh, it was it was just believable. It was raw. It was uncut. Like we seen him play the thug. We seen him play the guy who worked at the post office falling in love with Janet. You know what I mean? We seen him play a cop. We seen him play every character for that short period of time that we could have seen him. You know, he could have done great. He could have done more great, more movies, could have been one of the best actors that we ever seen, you know. But it's just his fearlessness. You know, and I watched the documentary that he did, and he said after the movie Juice, that's when he gained, like, all his confidence as uh, as an individual and also as an artist. You know, so when I be doing comedy, like, if I talk to you right now one-on-one or off the phone, I know I'm going to make you laugh. No matter what time I'm going to make you laugh, I'm going to light up the room. And that's something that I was born with, just to get to make people laugh. Yeah. So it's not a challenge to me. So when I said I was freestyling, doing those skits and everything, we barely wrote anything down. That was all off the top. Yeah. It was practice to me. But when I started doing drama and really had to study lines and, you know, really had to uh, uh, figure out how to get this done, I just fell in love with the drama because that's a challenge. You got to know how to turn off that humor and jump right into your bag or that seriousness. Yeah. You know, like even in real life, I know when to joke and I know when to be serious. So it's like, even when the camera on, I'm not camera shy. So it's easy for me to, you know, go from uh, go from happy to serious, you know, just off my environment. You know, you can't play all day, but you can't be serious all day neither. You need to live a little bit. Um, right. But I will always pick drama over comedy just because drama is more serious to me and uh, it just feels like a challenge. And I, I never got paid to do anything comedy. I got paid to do dramatic stuff. Right. So I'm always going to go where the hustle at. You feel me? Right, right. Okay, so what would your dream role be? Whether that be um, on a show or, or a film that's coming out or a show that's currently on or something that you heard about, know about something you're working on? Like, what's your dream dramatic role to, to play? Um, that's a, that's a great question. I don't have a dream role. I don't have a dream role. I have a, I have a dream position. You know, my dream position would be uh, executive producer of television shows, you know, movies, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I just want to be on a on a hit television show for like eight seasons straight. You know what I mean? Like classics, <laughs> like how we had The Wire, we had Breaking Bad. You know, just weeds, all those type great shows. But as far as in a dream role as a character, I don't know. I, I think I would like to play somebody. I mean, I don't know who. I don't think I look oh, you like, mean somebody like a, a biopic or something. Yeah, I would. I would like okay. to play somebody. I mean, maybe okay. there's somebody I could play that I don't know exists right now. You know what I mean? Right. Somebody got a story somewhere, and I'm I'm quite sure I look like somebody a little bit. <laughs> right. But I think I think that'd be a good dream role to to actually play somebody and do a great job, uh, you know, portraying that person. That's funny. You know, when you said that, you know who came to my mind? Kenny Gamble. I don't know why. 
I don't know oh, why. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's a Philadelphia legend, and y'all kind of, you know, you kind of got that that face. I don't know. That, that was the first person that I thought of. And not everybody, when you do their story, for all the listeners, not everybody's dead. Like, New Edition had a story. TLC had a story. You know, some of the best biopics to me are when the person is still alive because they they kind of tell you, you know, their story. Yeah, they, they, they're your, they're your actual right. Is as opposed to like you know Wendy Williams doing Aaliyah, and it's like what? Like no, this this isn't real relatable. So, um, oh, yeah, my yeah. dream role for you would be you no, know, it wasn't. It, my dream role for you would be obviously to be a part of the Clovers. Um, so for my listeners, I have this. Oh yeah, that's the book. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, have I'm, this. I'm, story about, like, called, the uh, I'm like, wait, what's going on? The one I always <laughs> tell you about, like, hey yo, you know that book you told me that idea, and every time I come up, like, they steal this from you. This is so true. So I have a series called The Clover Chronicles. The second book drops in uh, August. And uh, Ryan, I told Ryan about this idea years ago. He came to Atlanta to shoot. Um, talking about me always being on the go. But he came to Atlanta to shoot. And uh, he loved it. And it was before the book was even written. And this is what I mean about putting like-minded people around you and kind of letting somebody like inspire you and you can't worry about you know where the person's from or what they look like or anything um I hadn't even written a book yet I was actually kind of scared it was my biggest idea yet and here it is you know what was this about four five years later because that was in like 2014 here we are 13, 14. Yeah. yeah and um I'm on the second book and I wrote the script all because Ryan was like yo this is dope and I think I only sold them on the log line it was like two sentences and i was just telling him about it and, and he fell in love with it and I've said, and thank you and i've always said that when this comes to life ryan is attached to the project automatically i don't know who he would play but it's enough characters and you know it's a family and then there's some other characters their friends and all of that that i definitely want him a part of the show so um yeah with that being said i i think that one of the things I want you to talk about is how you and Lay got together. S- speaking of partnerships, um, you know, you guys formed the partnership. You guys created some great things together. You even did uh, the video for um, Lex Dime, which I thought was so inspiring because our youth needed it. So I like that you you guys had like this diverse portfolio. It wasn't just films. Yeah. And, um, it, it was a little bit of everything. So talk to me a little bit about that partnership, where you are now, um, and, you know, how you guys got together to do some of your projects. Well, how we basically got together, how we basically got together, he hit me up on the internet back when I was doing, like, uh, the Peanut Live and the personal stuff. He hit me up on the internet and was like, yo, if you're looking for sh- some shooters, let me know. And at that time, I needed more than one shooter because I was like, we need this stuff to be more consistent and everything. And uh, he came out one day in the freezing cold. We were shooting. And, you know, ever since then, that was, what, November of 2000, November 2012, November 2012. Let me see. June. Yep, November 2012 is when uh, I first met him. October, November 2012, when I first met him, he came out. And we've been rocking ever since. We uh, we would do the skits together. We did, like, the personals with me, KP, Tasha, and my nephew, Lil' Will. Uh, and Sterl at the time, but then Sterl stopped doing it, you know, for his own personal reasons. But, you know, so I just kept moving. And then we started doing, um, we started doing short films and then music videos. We were just going wherever we can get paid at. People wanted music videos. They had to pay him to shoot. They had to pay me for the treatment. If they want me in it, they had to pay me. Um, then we took a chance 
and shot the suicidal short film Committed, and then we shot uh, Young, which is based on you know a kid growing up, uh, you know no mother, but having a father in his life, but as an alcoholic father, and a neighborhood drug dealer is the one who was taking care of him and making sure he went to school every day and making sure that he had clean clothes, you know. So we took gambles on short films like that, and then we got a call from a writer who wanted us to shoot his uh, TV pilot pitch. And we just kept doing that and kept doing that, kept doing that. And then uh, we also got presented with shooting um, a trailer for a short film. It just keep going on from short films to short films. Then we shot a full feature film uh, for someone called Fairly Flawless and everything. And then after just keep doing things for everybody else, we just was like, yo, we need to do some stuff for ourselves. Right. You know, so we just kept writing and writing. We started putting the short films to the side. I stopped doing skits because we both wanted to write. Um, we recently went to L.A. last summer for the BET Awards. Uh, we went out there just to go out there to shoot a short film. Like, I went out there. We ended up at the BET Awards. I didn't go outside. I didn't go inside the actual awards. I was just out there, you know, playing the, uh, playing the goddamn, oh, excuse my language, playing the venue or whatever. And then later on that night, we ended up at Jamie Foxx's house. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how. I just know we was there at Jamie Foxx's crib at his after party at his crib. But uh, we shot a short film out in L.A., you know, then we still had a bunch of ideas. We just got finished shooting our own uh, pilot pitch for our series called The District. I don't really want to say the concept of what it is but so much, but it's called The District, and it's not a police district. It's just called The District. And y'all will see soon once we put the trailer together. We all put our own money together, me, Lay, and a few other people put our own money together. Me and Lay wrote and created these characters, wrote uh, – these scenes and everything and we shot that i want to say late january over one weekend and we stressed each other out you know so right now lay is in la right now he moved to vegas but he's back and forth to la you know he went out there with that product so hopefully we can hear something back within a year and a half because it's, it's not gonna happen quick but it shouldn't take forever all right you know? See, that's, and that's what I think um, great partnerships are. So even if the methods change or you got to switch some things up or like you say, he's over here on the West Coast with me, you know, at the end of the day, it's still like if we have two great visionaries that we could just keep this ball rolling. Um, it, this also speaks to, for my listeners, I feel like Ryan just dropped another key, which is you make it happen by any means necessary. So. You know, he talked about working full time and, you know, here late is living in Las Vegas, but they shot something over an entire weekend. So uh, they could have been at the club. They could have been partying. They could have been doing whatever they wanted to do, even relaxing. Uh, yet they took the time to do what they had to do and shoot a film. So you guys have to be consistent with your schedule. And you have to believe. And prioritize. You have to, and you have, to, you have to believe, you know, if, if you really want it. Like I said, we put our money together. I did not want to spend that money. I'm quite sure he didn't want to spend that money. And everybody else that helps, they want to spend that money. But we would end up spending that money on something stupid. So we got to take a chance, shake the dice for ourselves and invest in ourselves. You know, we just you just got to do it. You know, we got to work it. Because uh, the, the main reason why we, like, kind of rushed to shoot it is because he had to be – he had to be on the West Coast by a certain time. And once he was there, it was going to be hard to shoot right. it here in Philadelphia. It was just hard. So, like I said, we stressed each other out. You know, I don't think we spoke for like a month after we got it done. We just needed a break from each other. You know what I mean? But, you know, we just linked up. He came to Philly and everything. 
linked up, talk about some ideas he got going on, ideas I got going on. And we still going to rock from the east to the west. You know, it ain't nothing but a phone call, FaceTime, and email. Ain't yeah. nothing going to stop you from connecting and creating. And that's and that's that was my point. Like believing the sacrificing you like he said, could have spent money on other things and prioritizing. Um, there will be lots of times where you just have to do what you have to do and not worry about um, you know, all the other stuff like what I could have done, what no, like if you really want it and you believe in the idea and you believe in the product that you have, whatever you're doing, then you're definitely gonna have to sacrifice some things and it may mean time, money and you know, time spent with family, all of the above. Um I think I'm most excited about, and I want you to talk about your audition for Spike Lee, um, just so people can see that you can go from your independence, and he's still independent, but just going from creating your own stuff and um, your own films and your own shows and just doing different things. And, and it's still like, but I still have a desire, you know, to act in Hollywood. And I, I I want you to touch on that because I feel like there's this stigma and I talk to this with a lot of people out here Um some people are so afraid of Hollywood, like whitewashing everything that they send. So if they pitch an idea, they're like, oh, I don't want Hollywood to whitewash it. Or, you know, they're looking at it like Hollywood is this closed door that they don't, or this closed I should say, industry that they don't want to be in because they're afraid that they'll take their ideas and they won't really keep them as they are. Um, but I think you're a good example of someone who is doing his own thing, but he still understands, okay, it's nothing wrong with an audition for Spike Lee or, you know, going to show up for Creed or, you know, if Tyler Perry calls. Like, it's a balance that I think you have to have. So talk a little bit about your Spike Lee audition and why, if if you desire, to uh, kind of still do both, like your independence and be in Hollywood. I'm uh, I'm all for both of them. I mean, I love independence more than uh, Hollywood. You know, I'm not really chasing Hollywood. If they come, cool. Uh, what I think a lot of actors, I'm going to touch on the Spike Lee thing in a second. Um, I think what a lot of actors do, you know, they'd be so desperate and thirsty to get on. So back to what I was saying earlier, it's like they do everything that's cliche. They're trying to fit in. It's like there's so many it's so many uh, demographics out here. You need to know your demographics. You know, we, we got BT for a reason. You know, we can laugh and joke, oh, BT make cheesy movies, or they might do this. But the last few shows that I've seen on BT was uh was good. You know what I mean? Like we had the new edition joint. We had yeah. the Mary Jane. We had a lot of other shows that they got. I just started watching Boomerang. I think that's pretty cool. So they yeah. did set their production game up. And it's like sometimes you gotta make a demographic. Everybody's not meant to be in Hollywood. Yeah. You know, stop chasing Hollywood and just start and and make them chase you. Do your thing. Cause at the end of the day it's a million people that's standing on the sidewalk right now trying to get into Hollywood. You know what I mean? Like, let Hollywood chase you. If you hot and if you got something, they will find you. Go on these auditions. Do your demo reels. Shoot your own stuff. Shoot short films. We got the internet for a reason. We got Vimeo. We got YouTube. We got everything. It costs you nothing to put it on. You know what I mean? You got people that's getting famous just by going viral. Yep. You know, some of them are gimmicks. But imagine that person doing something going viral, and, then they, and he or she got something to sell afterwards. You know what I mean? That can land them a good role. Like, for example, I like the a guy, King Bach. He was doing the Vine videos. Now he in movies. Yeah. You feel me? Because he has something more to offer than just an internet presence. You you know? So it's yeah. like, even with the um with the Spike Lee thing, I'm always going to go on an uh, audition for Spike Lee. And he's my idol. And I know he don't give a F about Hollywood as much, you know, because Spike Lee ain't afraid to put up his own money or raise money to do his own thing with his own productions. You know, if Hollywood bite, they bite. And uh, even if Hollywood do bite or spike movies, he do movies for our culture. 
You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So at the end of the day, he's using Hollywood in the right light. Now with the She Gotta Have It season two, I saw it on Instagram. It was like, oh, we doing the um, we doing an audition. Come here this Saturday, whatever date it was, and it's come through. So I was like, all right, me and my man KP just went through. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go through. I'm thinking it was gonna be like a an audition where you know you can say some lines. I had my monologues ready. Seen Spike there, but they was only doing um background auditions. So when I first got there, I'm like, oh, they just gonna take a headshot, this and that, blah, blah, blah. I drove all the way to New York, asked it, it is what it is, I would take this chance again. We left, and that was probably like, I don't know how long ago it was, but I wanna say a few months later, I'm at work, and I get a text like, yeah, you came to, she's gotta have it too, we liked your photo, blah, 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 are you interested in coming here on August 1st, which was like the next day, so that was, that was the next day. It was like, can you get here August 1st at such and such time? And I'm looking at the phone like, what? So I'm reading. I'm like, oh, this is a real, this is the real deal. Because usually they email you, but I got the text. Yeah. I told my, uh, I told my manager at the time. I said, look, I'm taking off tomorrow for whatever reason. You know, it's, a, it's an acting uh, opportunity. And they was like, all right, cool, go for it. So I went to the She's Got to Have It thing. I was late. I was about two hours late. I thought they was gonna turn me around and be like, go home. But I got there just in time. Even though I was two hours late, but I got there just in time for the scenes that they was prepared for. So I got there, whatever. Um, as soon as I get up on the set, everything, we go to the location. As soon as I get there, it wasn't even 30 seconds yet. Spike Lee walked up like, all right, I already got my ladies in place, fellas. I'm now waiting on you. And he just started picking people out the line. He was like, I want you, 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 and I want you. And I'm looking at him. He's like, yeah, you. And I'm like, oh, all right. So he walking with me. And I'm like, thank you. He's like, oh, don't worry about it, brother. We just going to have fun. And just him saying that just made me feel good because that's my idol. So right. we get in there. So I'm like, all right, well, I did background work before. I'm going to be somewhere in the far. I'm already short. Ain't nobody going to peek me, whatever. <laughs> so he set the ladies down at this table. So he was like, um, he had a guy sitting at the seat. And he was like, no, I don't want you there. I want you to sit there. You, right there. And talk about me. He's like, I want you sitting right here behind the talent. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm thinking he just meant like behind the regular talent because I didn't know what scene was what was going on. But he had me sitting, uh, you know, directly behind the um, the lead characters. So you know, then even like when Fat Joe was on stage hyping up the crowd, <laughs> Fat, I know I can't curse, but Fat Joe is like, no, you can. Like you gonna have that? You gonna have that guy bragging on Netflix? And you, know, that's a guaranteed cameo right there. He's right there in front of the camera, all three of the cameras just angled up. Hey, you know, this laughing talking talk to trash or whatever whatever you know so hopefully when it do come out next week or may may 20 may 20 something may 24th i think hopefully i do get seen it wasn't a speaking line but just for spike to say i want you yeah let's go inside and then look at you again and say yeah i want you to sit here directly behind the talent you know meaning like okay so you want me in your production yeah you know what i mean and that's and that's a stepping stone because i know when i meet him again or if i'm blessed to get an audition on some lines I'm going to tell him, like, yo, I remember when you told me to sit right here. Like, you know, you can't be afraid to do background work. You know what I mean? I seen a Maury Chadwick, a, a screenshot of Maury Chadwick uh, doing background work in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Look at him today. Yeah. You yeah. feel me? So don't be afraid to do background work. You get a chance to create. I mean, you get a chance to uh, be creatives alike. And they say, you never know who you're going to meet. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. 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 So, would you say that was one of the most defining moments for you being in entertainment? I think I we had one moments. 
I would say that. I would say that as far as something that I didn't have nothing to do with. Okay. I would say that. Creed Creed was very fun. You know, my homie Tone Trump hit me up, asked me to be a part of his uh, scene. It was called Tone's Posse. That was like uh, my first time being around crazy, crazy cameras, like, you know, the real Hollywood cameras. So that was that was a highlight in just that little 1.5 seconds of being seen and everybody like, yo, I've seen you in a joint, this and that, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, you know, I still wasn't taking acting serious at that point. Neither. I was just like, just starting to love it. You know, and then I remember sneaking on the Kevin Hart movie set, uh, the drawing he did with Brian uh, Cranston. Uh, it, it was called Untouchables, but that was called something different. Yeah, I forgot what it's called right now. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, because Landon, no, uh, Landon was doing production assistance. They was doing something, and they kept telling me the location, so I snuck on set twice. I ain't get, uh, I ain't get paid enough, but I just stuck on, snuck on set. Being around, I was up there with a production uh, assistant. So they thinking I'm a production assistant. I'm like, no, you can't cross here. This and that, blah blah. I'm just effing around out there. You know what I mean? I'm out there getting free, uh, getting free little lunch stuff and everything with the little <laughs> snack tray. Right, right. Yeah, did it? Did that for like a whole week. Like, yo, what's the location? Are they gonna be up here on this block? All right, I'll be right there. You know, I watched the Kevin Hart scene when he went to the house to see his son. You know what I mean? That don't make me no difference. Right yeah. now, you used to um. Well, no, let's do it this way. How about you tell me what are your top three goals for the rest of 2019 for Ryan Olin? Um, whether that be, you know, something that has to do with acting or not, but what are your top three goals? Mm. Top three goals for 2019. Yeah. All right, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm give you one because the other two I can't share. It has nothing okay. to do with acting, but, you know, they're just goals I, I can't share. Uh, but I'm going to give you one. That I can't share. My goal for the before the year of 2019 is over to get casted, to get casted in something major. I don't care if it's five lines for me to get casted in a uh, in a in a Hollywood production or independent production, whether it's a Hollywood movie, whether it's something on BT, HBO. I don't really care. Is my number one goal is to get casted for something major before this year is over. Okay. Now, and if it don't happen, I'm still, it's going to be my goal next year, you know? Right. And now here's the keys to the game. What are you doing to prepare for that moment? Monologues. Studying okay. monologues. So if anybody was to say, yo, especially if somebody's face-to-face, it's like, yo, let me see you do a monologue right now. I make sure I have my monologue on go. You know, same way how rappers used to do. You meet a producer, somebody you got to rap in front of. So if I was to meet a movie exec or an agent and, you know, they say, oh, uh, let me see you do a monologue. Oh, I got a monologue right then and there. Um, also, the demo reels. Yeah. Keep filming, yeah. keep filming. You know, just selling yourself. You know, selling yourself. Stop. Don't be afraid to, you know, take a risk on yourself. You know, stop trying to be down with everybody. Be down with yourself and let them come to you. You know what I mean? Only And work with creatives alike that, that really want to do this. You know, some people want to do it just for the attention, but some people actually want to do it for the love. And I'm one of those people that want to do it for the love, you know, because if you love right. it, that attention and that paper going to come right after it. Absolutely. Um, talk to me a little bit about how you balance the two, um, you, your father, um, and, you know, you have a family and I think that's important. I remember Michael B. Jordan asking Forrest Whitaker, uh, how do you do it? You know, and, he was asking kind of out of frustration a little bit because 
he had just started really um his career was just going off and he was just like I still am trying to figure out he and Michael B. Jordan doesn't even have children or a wife but he was I'm just trying to figure out that balance and, and it's really hard um and with you working I mean you have a full-time job you have children you're you're doing this entertainment thing um drop some keys for for listeners who are just really trying to get that balance together because it's hard it's very hard it's hard when you by yourself so yeah it's not it's not easy, but I'm not gonna say it's hard. It's frustrating. But just because it's frustrating don't mean it's hard. Um, I just I know when to be daddy. I know when to be at work and I also know when to be an actor. You know what I mean? Like I try not to bring work home. I try not to bring acting home. You know, but uh I just know how to I just know how to switch them off. It's very frustrating because with the balance is like if I'm at work I got a set schedule. So it's like, okay, I don't have a typical nine to five. I have, you know, 14, 15 hour days, you know, three days in a row because I, uh, because I like, I got a dispatch. Like you feel me? I got a dispatch over at the Amazon, but I got to make sure these drivers are all right. So you on when you on salary, it ain't no overtime and none of that. So you got to really be paying attention 14, 15 hours a day. So I don't really have time to be a dad when I'm at work. I barely use my phone. You know, you you hear me playing. I cut my phone on airplane mode. Yeah. I don't like talking on my phone Sunday through Wednesday. Some people are like, oh, that's rude. I'm like, it is what it is. I don't like talking on my phone Sunday through Wednesday. Make, well, Sunday through Tuesday. Wednesday, you might get at me. You know what I mean? I'll take forever <laughs> to text you back. But Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you can hear from me all damn day. But just those days, I want to make sure I get my work done. And then when I'm off, I at least want to give a full day and a half to my kids. I want to give another day and a half to my lady. You know what I mean? And... And then I only film when everything's scheduled. Like, I don't randomly shoot. Like, I have to schedule stuff. So, like, my thing is, like, I know what I'm doing a week ahead of time. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and let's film tomorrow. I'm not doing that no more because I barely have time to do that. So everything I do is strategic. Right. You know, and right now I'm working on my Ryan Olin project where you can see everything I've been done and everything I've done and uh, things that I'm looking forward to do. Kind of like a lot of the same stuff we're talking about today, you know, but a little bit in more detail so you can see it visually you know i love that like you just you basically just talk to people about how to compartmentalize um and i think that that is so important so you know to the listeners you have to really learn how to compartmentalize like he said when he's at work he's at work um you 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 can't be afraid to put your phone on do not disturb you ain't gonna miss nothing like one of the things Right. One of the things I love about me is I don't have FOMO. So I don't have a fear of missing out. That's why I don't feel like I need to be at every Hollywood event, every red carpet event, even if I'm invited, it's not necessary. Um, because mm-hmm. yeah, like it's a balance that I have to have. Um, now, speaking of that, my next question is about self-care. And we were talking on the phone the other day and I shared with you how, um, you know, depression and anxiety was kind of always a part of my life since I was 12. And uh, about four or five years ago, I was able to overcome anxiety, thank God. Um, But every now and then, depression kind of looms, tries to, you know, the dark cloud tries to come over, whether it's because projects aren't moving or just me being out here by myself, like I miss my family. So I want to talk a little bit about self-care and um, about depression. Michael B. Jordan talked about the depression he went into after he did Killmonger and how he had to go and, you know, seek therapy, which I think is so important. Um, so let's touch on that a little bit. What do you do for self-care? And um, if you're willing to be transparent, which I know you you are, about if you've ever experienced depression, not just because of the industry, but just in general. No, I have anxiety like a mother. 
<laughs> my bad, I gotta watch my mouth. I got anxiety. Like, I didn't know that. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I'm a very anxious person. I'm a very anxious. I wake up in the morning. I don't like to be bothered. I need at least thirty minutes to myself. You know, I take moments. I like. Uh, I love airplane mode. Is my favorite option on my phone. You know, even if it's for an hour or two. Um, for self care, what I do is I watch a lot of TV. I watch a lot of TV. You know, I make sure I watch something that hypes me up or make me feel good. Or I sit in my car for thirty minutes. You know, or or I listen to music. Uh, you know, I self care so so many so many ways. Like, I get anxious because I'm worried about. I'm 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 not gonna say worried, but I'm figuring out a problem before the problem even happens. You know what I mean? Because it's like I always would be like, okay, I gotta do something today at five o'clock. That I'm like, what if it don't go right at five o one? If it don't go right at five o one, what's your plan B for that? How can you escape that? How can you make it work? I'm always thinking of what can go wrong versus just living in the moment. Some days I have my days where I live in the moment. Some days uh, I'm just overthinking. You know, I do overthink a lot. Not overthink myself to the point where I talk myself out of it, but I overthink to a point where I could have got something done tomorrow, and but I ain't end up getting it done till like next week. You know, stuff like that. Uh, I don't take no medication. I just do things that make me feel good. And I think that's how a lot of people could get over anxiety. It's like, just do what makes you happy. You know, it might sound easy just by just saying that, but if sitting by yourself for two hours in silence makes you happy, then do that. If screaming real loud makes you happy, then do that. If changing the color of your hair makes you happy, then do that. You know, you gotta, you gotta please your, you gotta please yourself. You know, I'm not 100% free yet, you know, so I'm not going to sit up here and preach about being free. I'm not 100% free yet, but I do do the things that make me smile, do the things that's going to make me feel good at least for three hours. You know what I mean? Right, absolutely. Everybody everybody have their own ways, you know what I mean? Like, I know who I am, and I'm dealing with my crazy little self, but, you know, I'm just to the point where it's like, whatever makes you smile, whatever makes you feel good, or whatever makes you relax. Do it, you know, because yeah. if you don't do it, you're building up, but you're building up a taller wall. You know what I mean? And you're pushing everybody away. You're pushing everybody away. Just take a moment. You don't have to push everybody away. Take a moment to yourself. One of the things that I really want to do that I know is very, very difficult to do, but I'm going to do it one of these damn years. I just want a month to myself. And what I mean by a month to myself, I don't want no phone. I don't want to be around no friends. I don't want to be around no family. I don't even want to go to work. I don't even want to act. I just want a month to myself somewhere. And I know that's very difficult because you got to go to work because you got bills and you got to go to work because you need money. You got to be a father. You got to you got to be a man for your woman. Like you got to be a friend to your friends. Like you get what I'm saying? Right. So it's very difficult, but it's just something that I want. I just want a month to myself to refresh my mind, body, and my damn soul. You know what I mean? Like, you just need it. Well, I, I love that you touched on, you know, I love that you said that and you mentioned no phone because I think that is probably one of the hardest things for people in our generation to do is to put their phones down. Um, and it's crazy because, you know, you should be able to. So, yeah, I think that's important. Self-care is, is it's kind of a, 
a bunch of different things and it means different things for different people. But you said something else that I loved, but and I think it's for uh, probably all of the listeners. Most people who are entrepreneurs and creatives, I've learned this over the years, most of us overthink. I remember J. Cole saying, like, with his second album, he overanalyzes so bad that it took him so long just to get the album recorded. Um, I think it's something that we, we as creatives, we deal with. Um, I also think, um, and this isn't putting depression on anybody, but again, this is from experience and from talking to others. I also think creatives, people who, you know, are entrepreneurs or who are creatives in some aspect, I think that we deal with depression a little bit more than the average person um, simply because of what we're called to do. Um, so yeah, for me, I know it was probably, it wasn't until I was 19 that I actually even realized what was going on. And I thank God that I was able to go and talk to someone and go and get help. So is that something you are open to? Like going to someone? Yeah. Like a therapist. Um, no. you know, I know you said, what'd you say? Nah. Okay. Do you want to say? No, nah, I don't have, I don't have no deep. I don't have no deep-rooted issues. I don't have nothing that I'm hurt by, you know, to the point that's going to make me want to talk to them. Like, I know what to do. I just got to do it. You got to do things to make you happy. You know, if you, even like I said, I want a month to myself, but even if I can get one week or, or shoot, one weekend, I just know, it's like, it's like this. I just need time to refresh my brain when I need to refresh my brain. Same way you got to charge your phone up. You know what I mean? When your phone about to die, it's going to be useless if you don't charge it up. You know what I mean? Your car can't run if you don't put no gas in it or get the oil changed. I just want to refresh my brain without the consequences of why you ignore me or why you wasn't there. Why didn't you show up? Oh, this is going to happen. You know, you just got to refresh your brain. I think if everybody takes the time to hang out with themselves, you know, for a short period of time and refresh their brain, we would be a lot more easy going. You know, you ever went to lunch by yourself? You ever went to dinner by yourself? You know what I mean? Go out somewhere in a public place, but you're by yourself and you feel good. You know what I mean? Right. It's just sometimes you got to do things for you. Like a lot of women, they love when they feeling down, they like to go shopping. They go shopping by themselves and they order up a whole bunch of stuff to make them feel good. If that's going to help with your anxiety and depression, then do it. Forget what somebody else say. Oh, why you spend all that money doing that? If I was you, I wouldn't have. You're not her. You're not him. So forget that line if I was you. Right. People need to do people need to do what makes them feel good at that moment. If not, they're gonna get more anxiety, they're gonna feel more depressed. You know? And you're gonna always and I, I believe this wholeheartedly, there's always gonna be somebody you let down and I think that's why you just have to do you. Um Got even it. when it's family, even when it's children. I've talked to a lot of actors about this too. Like, yeah, you know, I love my kids. I love my mom. I love my dad, you know, but somebody's always going to be let down. So the the best thing for you to do is just to kind of do you and not do you in a sense where you're hurting people or you're being rude, but yeah, it's okay to set boundaries. It's okay to have those lines. Like you cannot cross this line. I'm off the grid from this time to this time. Um, and yeah, that's just what it is. Um, so let's talk about hustle a little bit because you mentioned like when you first had a job and then when you got another job and when I say hustle, I'm talking about, um, you know, hustling, coming up with ideas, getting things done, whether it's Amazon, like I was doing Amazon flex, 
up until I got, you know, this living nanny position. Um, so I want to talk about hustling a little bit. Um, you talked about self-care. You talked about how you do have now you don't like shoot on them. It's like I have to have a schedule. Um, so do you believe in the concept that you have to hustle 24-7 and make your dreams come true? Or do you believe that, I mean, that's obvious. Obviously, that's a little crazy. You should have balance. I believe you should hustle smarter and not harder. Whatever that is, each uh, it's a different task for each individual. Um, I was the random person shooting every day, hustling twenty four seven, you know. But sometimes you gotta be strategic. Right now, my life calls for me to be strategic and to have a schedule to do things, just for me mentally. You know, I just can't up and randomly do it. But you always hustling, like you hustle on your phone. You yeah. Know what I mean, right now, me and you on the phone with each other doing the podcast. This is hustling because some people that you know that I don't know is gonna hear this and they gonna know me. And vice versa, some people that you don't know is going to hear this, and now they're going to be tuned in with you. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So it's like right now we're hustling each other. You know, going to work, making sure you have some paper in your bank account and in your pocket. That's hustling. Uh, you writing your books, writing your scripts, me writing my scripts and acting and et cetera, et cetera. That's hustling. So it's always going to be a hustle 24-7, whether you whether you moving physically or not. You don't have to be up 24-7. You can hustle right. from sitting on the toilet. You know what I mean? <laughs> Real right. I mean, if you got your... Oh, you're right. You got your phone in your head, like most of yeah. you do. <laughs> and, you, and that's how you do it. You you, you set up your emails. Um, see, my thing is, like, even when we said, like, put down the phones, like, the, the reason why I feel as though that I don't need my phone is because I'm not a millennial. You know what I mean? Me and you grew up in a time where we had to stick our finger in the phone, put a little circle thing, and turn it. You know what I mean? We lived in an area where we really had to write down a number. And you you know what I mean? On a piece of paper. We lived in an area before we even had cell phones. So, you know, we, we had dial We lived in an era phones. where you didn't have to dial the area code. You remember that? You didn't Bruh, have to dial yeah, the area Yeah, we only seven digits at the time. You exactly. know what I mean? We had dial-up dial up internet. We actually went outside. So, do I love the internet? Yes, I do. It's very entertaining. But I don't have no notifications on on my internet. Like, so if I get DMs and stuff like that, if I don't feel like going on the internet, I won't go on there. You know what I mean? It'd be times where I'd be like, okay, I'm going to take a three-day break from the internet. You know? Or I like, I don't, I, what am I going to miss? Like, if it's, if it's that important, somebody close to me will call my phone. Like, you feel me? Right. Absolutely. You know I mean? like I, yeah, so I'm not afraid to be on my phone. Like, I tell certain people, I'm not even going to say certain people, I tell a majority of people. Like I don't want I don't want nobody calling me after a certain time, you know, certain days. You know, if they don't if they can't take it, then they just don't respect my space. You know, I mean, it's only certain people that are allowed to call me random. You know what I mean? So I I don't if I never pass you that memo, then you call me when you want. I'm gonna answer when I can. But if certain people, I'm like, yo, don't call me on this day. Don't call me on that day. It's not being rude, but I don't trust that person's energy enough. Like if I'm off, don't call me on that day because you're gonna mess up my energy. You know. <laughs> That, that's my. That's why I cut my phone in airplane mode. You know, I don't want nobody messing up my energy. Right. You know. That's so, all. And but I that's not all that, interview. But I mean, that's all what I was talking about. Right. Right. <laughs> but no, I think that's important because today I think people. Um, one of the things I I always pride myself on, and I've been told this. I have a really strong spirit of discernment. And so I can pretty much pick up other people's spirits. And it also is like kind of a little weird sometimes, but I get it. It's just how sensitive my spirit is. So 
I don't open myself up to certain things with the news. Um, I'm real careful not to open like, you know, my Instagram app before I prayed and, you know, done my devote. It's just certain things that I just feel um, I need to keep centered. And um, being out here is definitely a big thing. I literally had a guy, no lie, no lie. <laughs> I literally had a guy come. Um, I was a part of this. Uh, what do you call it? like this mock trial and I got paid to do it like where a lawyer was practicing, I guess a couple of days before the trial and I'm um, asking yeah. us questions. And this guy literally was like, um, before the lawyer came in the room, you know, we had to come in and sign in and he was like, um, um, did you have a grandmother die recently? I'm a medium. And I said, oh, oh. What? like, like, what did you just ask me? And so I don't know if you guys know what a medium is, but I don't really. That's a person uh, that reads spirits, isn't it? A, for a person that what? That like reads spirits. They talk to the dead or something, right? Yeah. So I don't play them games. First of all, I'm black. Uh-huh. Okay. Second of all, <laughs> you know, I'm black. Excuse me. I grew up in the hood. We'll play them games. My grandmother, like, we ain't play them <laughs> games. So I'm just saying that to say, like, when you're uh, out here, it's a little bit more. Um, people are very free with that. I, I guess um, back in the day, my grandmother used to call Hollywood like descendant. Now, of course, we know it is what it is. But it's like, to me, being in this world and Hollywood being centered in it, you're exposed to so much more darkness. And you just have to, like, really be careful and conscious of what you're around. And that's why, back to Ryan's point, I don't go to everything. I'm not in everything, you know, and and it sounds crazy, but it's like, no, I'm not going to sign up for something not knowing what I'm exposing my spirit to and, you know, opening myself up to because now when I go home, I got to fight that stuff off. I don't know what's going on here. And I think him approaching me that way was a perfect example. Thank God, you know, the lady walked in because I really had to get myself together. (laughs) Like, what did he just ask me? But that's how it is. And I think um, for creators, um, it's important to note that you have to have again, those type of boundaries around you, regardless of where you live, but definitely when you're in a town like this, where um, people kind of walk around freely, I hate to say it, worship and say, and they don't care, like, it's very open and, like, free here, so um, let's talk a little bit about faith, now, here's the thing, listeners, I've been trying to get Ryan to go to church for years, and uh, he's Ryan so but here's one of the things I always love he always accepted me I used to be saved in his phone as church girl and I might still be I'm not (laughs) no you're not church girl (laughs) it used to have me crack it up but you know not to get too deep but I do want to talk a little bit about faith because I think it's important I ask all my listeners this, this. I prayed with, you know, celebrities before at the end of our interviews and they love it. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about faith, what that means to you. It's not about necessarily being, you know, this religion or that religion, but talk a little bit about faith, what it means to you. You know, do you prepare in the morning? Do you pray? Like, how do you, how do you keep centered? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, I'm very, uh, <laughs> I'm very iffy when it comes to like, you know, religion. I'm more like spiritual, you know, I believe in the right. universe and everything, but I'm not a, I'm not a godly person. I, I, I'm i not going to sit up here and lie and say that, you know, I don't, I barely believe. I know it's some, I know it's something up there, you know, as far as in a higher power, but you know, I just, I would like to say before I even, it's really hard for me to put it into words. I just know that I'm more spiritual, you know, of the universe and the energies than I am as far as in praying to uh, a God, you know, and anybody that is like super religious, I don't knock nobody 
for anything. I don't if I got Christian family members, I got Christian friends, Christian family. Shoot, I got you. You holier than thou. So it's like I don't knock you. I always let you be you. Right. I never I never told you, oh, stop talking that mess to me. Never. I got Muslim family members, Muslim friends, and they'll try to get me to uh, you know, convert. And I don't never knock them or nothing like that. My thing is I let everyone be who they are. Just let me be who I am. I'm just right now, maybe, maybe next year, maybe tomorrow. Shoot, maybe in the next hour, I might find God. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Cause I'm not, right. I'm not against it. I'm not against it and I'm not fighting it. It's just, right. I'm just not a religious person. You know, things, things happen. I'm, I might be a God, I might be a God fair man in the next hour, next year, the next 10 years, you know, that's, that's, I'm just more spiritual. That's all I'm, no, I feel I you. Off but you, you, know? but you are open to that though, because that's like a part of my. I'm very, I'm very open. I, oh, because I, I do. I pray for every celebrity. Like I pray for Teddy Riley. Anybody I've ever interviewed, I pray for it, and, and they just leave it there and they say amen and keep it moving. So that's definitely how I close out my podcast. Just to let you know. Okay. Okay. Cool. Wow. Okay. So now we're gonna Feel play free a to pray for game. me because I know I need it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're gonna pray, you know, at the end, and then of course, I always keep you in my prayers. How could I say you're my brother if I didn't? So <laughs> we're gonna play this game, and yeah, we're kind of nearing the end of the podcast, just a few more minutes. So I want to play this game. I think it's gonna be fun. Um, I'm gonna give you a keyword, and since you're an actor, I want you to name a movie with that word in it. Um, so yeah, does that make sense? It makes sense. You said name a movie with that word in it. So the title or a movie that used that word? The title. Like, title, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. I know a lot of movies by heart, dialogue with dialogue. Well, go ahead. Right. So um, I'm, I'm going to set the timer for 20 seconds. And yes, yeah, so I'm going to give you five words. Let's see if you get them all. And you ready? Yeah. Okay. Fight. Fight Club. Money. Show me the money. Life. Life. The movie. Right. <laughs> Funny. Funny? Yes. Oh, man. Go, oh, man. Stop. Okay, stop. 20 seconds. Stop. What did you uh, say? I said Funny or Die, the HBO TV uh, comedy series. Okay, I'll take it. Funny or Die. You got to Google it. If you never heard of a Google it, Funny or Die. No, I'll take it. Well, you, you didn't get grow. I had one more, but that could be that my girl? fault. Maybe I need to... Yeah, that was the last one. I'll let you go ahead. Go ahead. You have one for grow? No, I did not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you got the four out of five. Um, 20 seconds goes fast. I think I need to stretch that to like 30 seconds because that was like that was like really quick. Before I could even say grow, you were done, which is 20 seconds. Um, but that was so fun. That was cute. I, I liked it. Um, so are there any Oh, dream collaboration. That's what I want to know. Like, who is your dream person to work with, whether it's behind the scenes as a director, writer, producer, or if you were the producer and they were the actor, whatever the, the combination is, who's your dream collaboration? I want to work with Spike Lee. I want to work with Michael K. Williams. I okay. want to work with Martin Lawrence before he retire. Uh, right. I want to work with Marlon Wayans. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Want to work with Ice Cube? Yes. Uh, that's all I could think of. Oh, Quentin Tarantino. 
Oh, okay. man, 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 Will Ferrell. It's just a lot of people. I mean, it's a lot of greats out there, but people that I know that I want to work with before my time is up. Right. What about some of our hometown natives? Uh, I would like to work with Will if he's producing something. Okay. If he's producing something. The reason being, Will Smith is Will Smith. You know what I mean? I could have easily said the cliche answer, like, oh, I want to work with Ninja. I want to work with Will Smith. But at the end of the day, they're going to control that narrative, and, and this will be their project. But I would yeah. love to work with Dizel, Kevin Hart, Will Smith, if they are producing something. Right. You know, but if I'm in the scene, you think I ain't going to, you think I'm going to turn it down? You're out your mind. Right, absolutely. But as far yeah. as in on screen and off screen, like you said, producing and all that, producing-wise, uh, hometown, <clears throat> Kevin and Will, if they producing. Lee right. Daniels, if he's directing, or Lee Daniels don't act, to my knowledge, you know. Definitely, Daniels. I like I like the stuff you put out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a good director, great director, rather. He is. Yeah, yeah. Lee, Will, and Kevin. Only if they are producing or director. Now, one thing I will say because you named them, and Kevin Bacon is also from Philly. For those who don't know, I just yeah, feel like Kevin I Bacon. Know. I know a lot of people. Bob Saget. Yeah, exactly. Cooper. Um, I, I name just, everybody. If you feel like it, but go ahead. I just think. Um, when you name those three guys, the, those three in particular, because those are the ones that most people would like know because they're they're still in the, the media. You know what I mean? Some people we have that mm-hmm. haven't been out in a while. Uh, when you name those three guys, though, one of the things that I, fan, I find interesting, um, I don't like comparing people to people. Like, I don't like when people say things like, you're the next Shonda Rhimes. Like, why can't I just be the next Maya K? And we've talked about that before. However, I do think it's still a compliment when someone says, when you name those three guys, I can see you up there with them now. Oh, wow. Thank you. Yeah, if that makes sense. Um, and I say that because I believe they all kind of did the same thing that you're currently doing, which is creating your own lane, building your own brand. Own lane. Not really, yeah, not really caring what Hollywood says. People have their speculations of what they think, like Kevin did to get in and all of that. But I'm not really one for gossip and rumors. I think that's nutty. I think, you know... Like Will Smith, to me, it was like Fresh Prince. It was Mm -hmm. really that show that that showed people. And not everyone can do TV and movies. That's the thing I love about Martin and Will. They can both do TV and movies and they hold it down. Like when you think about it, we've never seen Denzel on the TV show. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, is it Denzel in the comedy, neither? Right. And I think it's really cool when you can kind of finagle that comedy and drama and do TV and film because it's like multiple streams of income. So for me, I think that you, where you are and, and you still have growing to do, this is not to like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, put you on a pedestal. But I think um, when I think about brands and people who kind of do their own thing and they have that talent, they just need that opportunity. That's that's the kind of group of guys that I see you in. Um and I think that just speaks to you doing your own thing and not caring who's watching. I think Kevin has a lot of that. I, I think Will has yeah. a lot of that. Like, they just didn't care who was watching. And Will actually said out his own mouth that he's not necessarily the most talented. He's just the most hardworking. And I think that's yeah, give him that. something great. Yeah, and I think that's when you know you have something great. He never said, and, I'm and the actor. Yeah, because uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I go to, uh, like, when I'm like, I'm bored or something like that, and I need like some uh, inspiration. I go to Will Smith's Instagram or Kevin Hart Instagram. Like I think Will Smith got the best Instagram. I think Kevin Hart got the number two best Instagram. You can go to the how you 
you could go to their page and just smile and just be happy just off the things that they say or the things that they doing. It's like they so positive and the great thing about it, they both feel it up. So that hits me a little bit more harder than it would hit somebody else in like a lace somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I think um, just in closing, you talked about a genuine following. I was mentioning to Ryan how strong his following was. And I was you, know, you have a really strong following. Um, and mainly we were talking about numbers, of course, because at the end of the day, that's what people are looking for, numbers. But he corrected me. He said, well, actually, I have a genuine following. And I think yeah. that, that is, like, crazy dope because most people are concerned with building a following in for numbers. But tell me what you think that means to have a genuine following and why that's more important than having, like, a bunch of followers. Um, I think a genuine following is more important because you really get to know who your supporters are. Like, a lot of people, they praise the followers, the comments, and the likes. I get more DMs than comments. You know what I mean? It's like about things like, hey, man, you brighten up my day. Hey, I'm glad you said that because I was afraid to say that. Like, I, I just say things, and I don't say things to be funny. I don't say things to try to inspire people. Whatever comes to my mind, I'll just say it. You know, I, I talk about everything from the streets to the love life, to being a dad, to going to work. I'm just, I think I have a genuine following because I'm not just one thing. Usually when you look at people's Instagrams, everything is just phony. They only post the good stuff. I'm here, I'm there, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. They're scared to post pictures with, with no haircut. They're scared to post pictures with a with significant other. They're scared to post pictures being a dad. Everything is always a glamorous shot. I could take a picture at work. I could take a picture out with my family. I could take a picture of my lady. I could take a picture on set. You get what I'm saying? I could take a picture. I can go here. I can go there. I could listen to different music. And I think people like that because it's like, oh, this boy just don't care. Like, he's, he's him. You know, versus like, if you come to my page, you don't know what you're going to get. You know what I mean? You you know, I could be angry Ryan. I could be happy Ryan. I could be loving Ryan. I could be all types of Ryans. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just think people mess with me just because of, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm just I'm just too honest and not honest in an ignorant way. I'm just honest, like you know, I call BS how I see it. Yep. You know, and I don't judge people, and I just let me be me because I'm I'm damn sure I'm gonna let you be you. All right. Last question before we pray. Well, then I'll let you you know say. Well, first let me say that. Do you have anything that you want to say in closing to the listeners, people who are inspired by you? What I want to say to the people that are inspired by me, and I'm not trying to sound cheesy, but I'm inspired by y'all, you know, because I do have doubts some days. You know, all I can say is, like I always say, keep doing you because I'm going to keep doing me. And that's not a competition thing. That's a love thing where it's kind of like, if you love me for being me, then I need you to love yourself for being you. Because if I'm inspiring you, that means you're inspiring me because you're making me feel good by saying, yo, I F with you and all the reasons why. That's inspiration for me to keep doing it, you know? And I'm just glad that y'all are willing to share that love with me and share that love with the other people that inspire you. Don't be afraid to tell someone that they gave you inspo, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, okay. I think we're good. I think you've, you've done this uh, like great justice, especially as my first episode for season 
too. Um, I believe the future is bright for you. You got a lot of things uh, coming your you way. Said, you, you said that wrong. For you us? The future is bright for us, yeah. Yeah, well, I was just saying. <laughs> you know, and this is My what time. I love about Mariah. Oh, that was the thing I wanted to say before, yeah, before we pray. But you're right. The future is bright for us. Uh, you said something, and literally to this day, I carry it with me, and I've even posted it. And so before yeah. we pray before we do pray um i want you to tell me not someone famous but someone who's not famous who gave you a quote that's inspired you so what you said that literally has kind of shifted my thinking and i think i always felt this way growing up but i didn't know how to put it into words you said i've liked and like no i've i've never no listen you said i can always like like somebody and then dislike them, but I've never re-respected anyone in my life. And oh, I, was, oh, oh. I don't know oh. why that blew my mind. Because <laughs> that but, is some oh, oh. stuff if I ever heard it. But yeah, I never, re- never re respect and I'm unreffable. Right, right. But it was the re-respect yeah, I one. I and I, I really have been like yeah, I posted that a few times. I'm like, it is so true. I can like you, not like you, then like you again, whatever. But when it comes to that respect, because it takes a lot for me not to respect you or lose respect for you. So that means yeah, you kind of earn that. So yeah, I, I love that. Though. Yeah, I love that. So who is somebody that we don't know? It doesn't have to be somebody famous. Who has a quote that, you know, you seen it and you was like, dang, I wish I'd have came up with that myself. Like, that's pretty dope. That kind of has inspired oh, you to think of something different. Oh, man. I don't know. You know what's crazy? I don't really know. And, and I'm not trying to sound like an arrogant person, but I don't know because I'll be coming up with my own quote. You do. <laughs> like, I lie to you not. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know where I got a good quote from. I'll be making up like my own quotes. Like I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Have I heard somebody say that? I'm like, you. no, I wish I would have said that. I, I don't know. I hear my dad like talking trash. So as growing up, I would get like quotes from him, and I can't say these quotes online. I mean, I can't see these quotes on this call right now because it's foul language. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I learned how to talk ish. I learned how to talk ish from him. So I got quotes from him growing up, and it's so easy to come up with quotes. You know, if you're just being honest in the moment, you know. Mhm. Mhm. I feel you. So I don't. I, I didn't hear nobody say nothing uh, that really, really stood out. When I'm like, "Darn, I should have said that. Or I wish I would have said it." Uh, right. And now, no, and I watch, now watch I read a quote later, and I text you like, "Yo, the who a quote? Mm-hmm. Somebody just posted it five minutes ago, even though it was two days." <laughs> Right. No, but it's it's just I think we learn a lot from each other. Uh, Issa Rae said this before. She said everybody's always trying to work with Ava, du- you know, DuVernay or Shonda Rhimes, and she was like, she got her greatest moments from working with her friends. It's the people next Bruh. to her. that. That's why I say whoever's at the table with me when I go to into a room. Like I was at the NAACP Image Awards, and I was honored to be there and honored to be the assistant for the creator of the awards. But I'm looking at everybody at the table. What you do? How you doing? How can I help you? Like, because it's the people next to you. Honestly, we're the next Beyonce's and Jay-Z's. Like, we're always right. trying to work with these people, but we're the ones that are, you understand? And again, it's not a comparison. I'm making a point about how we are the, the next. So it's That's a point of us to collaborate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, 
I just think that's a big deal. It's, it's who's next to you. So that's why I asked that question. It's like, oh, have you has one of your friends dropped some gems? And you was like, dang, that was kind of deep. You know what I mean? And so, uh, yeah. No, they ain't dropped no gems because I'm usually they ain't dropped no gems because I'm usually the, the one, one that comes through for the gems. <laughs> there you go. I put it in his bio. I know y'all heard me read that at the beginning. App. So, and so they, 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 they me with something wrong or something right. Yeah. Drop your handles for everybody so they can follow you. Tell them how to find your YouTube. Uh, well, YouTube. I'm still. Uh, I got two new YouTube channels. I can't remember which one it is because I'm about to upload these videos. I can't remember which one it is. I got. It's even gonna be via Ryan Olin or the real Ryan Olin, uh, which is R E E L, like a demo reel. But um, but for right now, I'm only on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram is uh, Ryan Olin R Y A N dot O L A N. I'm always on there, uh, and Twitter, which is underscore Ryan Olin, R-Y-A-N-O-L-A-N. That's it. I'm not on Facebook. I have a Facebook account, but I promise you I haven't been on that thing in longer than two years. I haven't been on my YouTube channel for about two, three years. You know, I just been doing other things to make sure I stay afloat. But other than that, new YouTube channel will be up because I'm about to upload this Ryan Olin project. a short piece that I shot was well, already being edited right now. I'm waiting on my final cuts uh, and a couple other things that me and a few of my homies are uh, putting together. You know, but right now, okay. I'm really interested and connected with me. Just hit me up on the gram. I'm a very easy person to chat with. Just come at me, correct? Absolutely. Um, please do. Because, you know, <laughs> we people won't play no games. We won't play. Um, we'll be like that mom that went up to the school for her kid getting bullied. Like, won't play no games. I heard about it. My, my girl told me about it. I ain't seen it yet, but my girl told me about it. Yeah, you got to see the video. It was good. It was real good. Uh, and it was out here in California, ironically. Um, oh, well. So, yeah, it was out here in California. It was in middle school. Uh, so, any um, shout outs? Yeah, shout out to everybody that loved me. Shout out to you. Shout out to everybody I love. Too many people to name. If I give you inspo, shout out to you. Whoever's listening, shout out to you. You know, shout out to everybody that's willing to help someone move forward. You know, that's what it's about. Let's stop. Let's stop ishing on each other and 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 work together. You know, we all want to get on. It's not about who get on first. You know, because you could get on first and do it all wrong, then the next person up do it way better than you. So let's get on together. This should not be a race, especially when it's involving our culture. You know, yeah. let's all stick together. Let's all help someone move forward. Even if it's 1%, it's better than none. You know, so shout out to everybody helping people get that 1% or more. That was dope. And so you guys, oh, you know cool. how I, I got to write that. Yeah, it, it was dope. Okay. So you guys know how I do it. Uh, one of the things that my listeners actually love about the podcast is that we open and we close in prayer, but I'm just going to close just because I wanted to do it a little different since it's just me and it's not the two, you know, people. Um, so Ryan, you have to bow your head and close your eyes. I hope you're not driving. It won't be long. Are oh, you about to pray? Yes. This is how yeah, we close out. No, my phone breaking up. I'm not going to hear a prayer. Right, so look, I'll talk to you tomorrow. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. Listen, this is, no, no, but for my listeners, this is what he would normally do to me, like, on a regular day, like, I'm and, playing. yeah, <laughs> it's not going to be long, right, are you ready? 
All right. Yeah, yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this interview. We thank you for this podcast. We thank you for the keys to the game. I pray that you continue to keep Ryan, keep his family, uh, keep his legacy, give him ideas that nobody else has so that he can create something that's never been done. I thank you that whatever anxiety or feelings that try to overwhelm him or negative thoughts, I ask that you step in whenever he feels overwhelmed. I ask again that you just be his all in all. And I pray that he has an encounter with you that will allow him not to deny you. In Jesus' name, amen. That was that was that was deep. Amen. That was deep. Yeah. Amen. That was deep. Yeah. I know he's waiting. I know he's waiting for me to see AM. Amen. <laughs> what you just said really hit me. You know, I promise you, I really bowed my head. And I close my eyes. Like usually when that when people pray, I just you know I keep my eyes open. But I promise you, I really did. Cause this conversation could be the conversation that could change my mood for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My prayers are never like preachy. I I listen to whatever we say during the hour, and then like God tells me what to pray, and that's really why I think people have genuine encounters with me. And I remember when I prayed for Teddy Riley, and he was like, can we do that once a week? I was like, yeah, um, no. I mean, we could, but <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if I'm going to interview you once a week, like, you know, it's like, we're not going to be on the phone once a week. So for me, it's, it's just, and you know what, one of my goals for this year, speaking of goals, I want to pray with 100 celebrities, and I'm going to tell you why. I feel like there's so, so many blogs that trash celebrities, talk about them, and gossip about them. And I was like, what if somebody just prayed for them? Like, or prayed oh, for them? Like, oh, stop saying that idea. Shut your mouth right now. Okay. Stop saying that idea for somebody try to take that. <laughs> okay. Or, uh, say, say, say that. Leave that off the podcast. What's wrong with you? <laughs> All Great right, idea, by the way, but don't talk about it no more. Thank- you okay thank you um so yeah it's keys to the game every sunday 7 p.m 7 p.m eastern even though i'm on west coast time 7 p.m eastern thank you to ryan ola for joining me i appreciate all of you who listen in uh follow me at writer maya all platforms hit me up if you have someone you would like me to interview um and tag them so they can see follow the podcast at keys to the game podcast k-e-y-s-t-o-t-h-e game podcast. I know y'all know how to spell. Um, and that's it. All right, Ryan, don't hang up. <laughs> I love you, sis.